listening to Thrive, where every week we have meaningful conversations with incredible women like you, packed with practical tips and sisterly advice to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday gal who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. I'm your host, Erica Gwynn, and I'm ready to thrive together. Here's today's episode. Welcome back to Thrive. I am so excited to bring you this episode with my new friend, Kat. She is so fabulous, and we hit it off like none other. Kat had what many would consider your dream life. Then it all nightmarishly hit the fan. Her full-blown quarter-life crisis came with a side of divorce, life-threatening illness, bankruptcy, anxiety, and depression before ultimately involving a total career change and major life pivot. So what's a girl to do when it all blows up in your face? Step back, stand up, and become magnetic to building a life that you really, truly love. Today on Thrive, Kat gets so real on what all went down for her and how she stepped back to leap forward, simplifying to figure out the next best step. We talk about identifying how you want to feel in your everyday life so that you can eliminate the imaginary finish line, get curious, and create a life you can love, even if it ends up looking totally different than you once thought it would. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Kat. Hello. Thanks for having me, Erica. Yes, I'm so glad we were talking before we hit record. I'm so glad we finally got to connect because time zones were a you-know-what to align for us. Mm -hmm. And this was Mm -hmm. clearly destined to happen because it's been like a year plus in the making (laughs) of getting us to chat. And you're in Australia most of the time. So like, hello, time zones. But since Mm -hmm. you're in Italy now, it's like a perfect, perfect match made in heaven. So we're so happy to have you here. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Like the stars aligned, I think. So I'm just trusting it was meant to take this long because, hey, like here we are in not the same time zone, but at least the same waking hours where we're both functioning (laughs) properly, which is always a factor with that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And you were like, such a cool cat pun intended here because you were in professional musical theater now I I was about to say I don't know if you know this but I'm sure you don't know this <laughs> about me um I also am a musical theater junkie I was no professional but like totally did all the theater things growing up thought I was gonna go pursue Broadway and all that jazz so oh like respect love Love that. I definitely get the vibe. There's always like a connection with people who have (laughs) some sort of like musical theater background. Like you can spot them a mile off. Yeah. Totally. 100%. (laughs) You're like, you just aligned. You're like, you you know, you've been on a stage. (laughs) Um, But okay, you ended up giving up that career and going through a whole bunch of stuff before hitting reset on life and pivoting and building a business around building brands. So before we dive deep and dig back into the past, Can you give us the lowdown on who you are today and what makes you, you? Sure. So yes, I'm, I'm an Aussie, although I've got an Italian fiance and I'm trying to, um, 
start to merge those cultures to make sure I'm, you know, fully inclusive of, of his side of things as well. I certainly appreciate the food. Um, Pizza, I, wine, cheese. Oh, yeah. Although, <laughs> let's not get started. I'm on a proper restrictive diet at the moment for health <gasps> reasons, and I can't eat any of the good things while I'm here. So uh, that's tragic. Yeah, let's, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I will live through it. One day I'll look back and be like, oh yeah, that was totally worth, totally worth it. But anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> so these days I have a company called Magnetic Brand Co. I work as a personal branding coach and online business strategist is what the best way to sort of sum it up. It's very much holistic in taking into consideration like the personal brand, who that person wants to be and, and what they're trying to achieve and, and sort of connecting all of those dots um I still love all of the like the singing and the dancing like that's something that will never go away uh but I think where I'm at today is like I actually found a place where all of the stuff that I was actually looking to get out of my past career in something creative I've actually found more of it with what I'm doing today which is really fun so yeah I have a YouTube channel and a podcast I love doing like speaking and I am trying to get my act together and really commit to writing my first book. That's been one of the like need to practice what I preach here and like extend the comfort zone. <laughs> um, and I spend most of my time in Australia at the moment, but we are looking to try and make sure we have a place in Italy as well by sort of this time next year. So we can be pro properly like cross continental, cross, cross cultural, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Cross something continent. <laughs> that is cross continent so that counts yes, that was yeah. like, okay I gotta write the first time yeah yeah well we could be accountability buddies because I'm also working on a book so we can we can okay. like text across time zones and be like are you writing today keep it up Deal. Deal. <laughs> the resistance is so real for sure for sure but I love it all began for you with like a quarter life crisis as so many good stories do I feel like mm -hmm. so I know yours included what a divorce, a life-threatening illness, a bankruptcy, anxiety, depression, a career change. So like, I think you hit every nail on the head. I like, try to really just do it thoroughly. So it was like, okay, yeah. I've done this once now. It's it's all covered so I can move yeah. on and make sure I don't repeat any of those. You were things. like, if we're gonna have a quarter life crisis, we're gonna do it right. Like, here we Let's go. go <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's go big. So take us back and walk us through that to get a sense for where you were then, because I feel mm -hmm. like I get the sense that where you were then probably feels like a lifetime ago compared to where you are now. It's kind of crazy. It does feel like a whole different lifetime. I was like the, I guess the, the funniest part of it all is that it happened after I'd achieved a massive dream and felt like I've got my dream job. Like I've, I've made it like this is, this is happening. I've done it because I was someone who, you know, I think it was about 14 when I first went to New York and I saw a musical like I saw a Broadway show it was like okay this is going to be my career and there was just no stopping me it was like I'm gonna do this and I got in like I my very first audition got into a show was over the moon like and it was the Broadway production team and because the dream had been I want to be on Broadway I'm like well it's Australia but it's the Broadway team like this is a big deal and thought it was all just gonna come together. And I'd also met my my ex-husband at the time. Again, wanted to like check the boxes of like, okay, like I'm gonna be a success. <laughs> Gotta just like get this all taken care of. I was very impatient, thought this was it. But like many things, like the reality is, is usually quite a different experience. 
so it didn't take long like after probably a four weeks after opening night of the the first musical I did it just kind of sunk in that oh this, this is a just a job like this is oh okay <laughs> like is this it now like I'm gonna have to do the exact same thing day in and day out and I know that you know to a lot of people on the outside and to some of the people on the inside it is still the dream like you go well that's got to be one of the coolest things that you could ever possibly do but I was already feeling so unfulfilled so restricted plus just very lost like I had married my ex so hastily because I did not have a sense of who I was back then like I kind of all I knew was that I was a performer. I didn't really, I couldn't answer the question of like, who are you? I was just like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm an actor. <laughs> and so I met a fellow actor or aspiring, you know, professional actor. Seemed like it was gonna be like this whole fairy tale thing. And so while we're in the, still in the hype, the buzz of, you know, new love, got married, moved down to, you know, to this other state where I knew nobody, thrown in the deep end and just, just started drowning. <laughs> and I was, I mean, I was obviously doing my best to keep up a good front. You know, I was in the show for a solid like 14 or 15 months. So it's not that I sort of like tanked, everything was going well, <laughs> but I was just, just crushing, like well, crushed on the inside, like just slowly getting, I, I was just losing my spark, I guess. And I just had no idea what to do about it. I didn't have anyone I could really explain it to because not many people get it when you get the dream job and then you're just kind of saying like, woe is me. Cause they're like, well, isn't this what you wanted? I'm like, well, I didn't know it was this. Like I thought it was this other thing where I got to be super creative and there was all of these things going on, but turned out it wasn't. And so I started experiencing a lot of anxiety, like crippling anxiety to the point that it, it was kind of turned into vertigo at one point and I thought I had the flu and I like called in sick for two weeks straight because I couldn't stand up thinking I had the flu and it turned out it was anxiety but when I went and spoke like I got called in by company management who said um so you've used up all of your sick leave if you start calling in sick anymore your job is on the line like your contract could be terminated you know in my very first show like my first contract and you know I was in my how old was I? I think I was 20 22 at this point like which at 22 you think you're mature you think you know lots of things but like I look back and go oh my gosh poor poor young me like she just had no idea so that was such a wake-up call in that I realized okay I need to get my ish together and not lose the job but all that really led to was me sort of pushing everything down and just carrying on uh, and being like, okay, I'll be fine. I'll just survive. And I ended up doing a second show because when the time came to even audition, because I'd turned down a second contract on that original show and it hit me that, oh, if I don't land another job after this, I can't pay the bills and I have no savings. Like I was living using a lot of credit cards because again, was trying to, you know, self-soothe. <laughs> developed a bit of a shock shopping problem and thought okay well I have to get this job so managed to like sneak my way into the next show phew <laughs> but just as miserable if not getting more miserable and this show involved a lot of dancing and I started getting very injured I was like I was just at breaking point and at the time my ex was not 
not getting a, a lot of work um, acting wise and wanted to go elsewhere, like go to New Zealand where a lot of things were happening. So we ended up deciding to move to New Zealand briefly to just see if things were better. Like the film industry was a bit more active there. And I thought, this is my chance. Like maybe the issue is musical theater. It, and if I could do film and television, it's going to be a different story. I'm going to just be a lot more satisfied. It's going to be more creative. Like that'll solve the problem. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't get any film and television work while I was there. I think I got like two auditions the entire time I was there. So I didn't really get to answer that question for myself but we were spiraling out of control like no money borrowing from family like just constant anxiety of how we're going to pay the bills finally called it went back to australia and that's when it was like okay <laughs> kind of a sigh of relief because you're surrounded by people you know again and that's when it all like the wheels kind of fell off where he finally sort of acknowledged that yeah we're not we're not happy, are we? Because I'd been saying it for years. I was like, we, we should probably do something about this. But he finally called it. I called it. I was like, I, I need a break from everything. Like, I, I don't know why I'm so unhappy. Like, I don't know if it's the career choice that I have. I don't know if it's the relationship. I Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm broken. Like, there was that question of like, it could just be like some sort of mental or emotional problem that's not fixable. So it all then just fell apart in that moment. And well, I say in the moment, the following 12 months was a matter of the finances catching up with me because I got glandular fever and ended up in hospital and couldn't work for so long that I couldn't afford to like keep paying off the credit cards. So I decided to file for the bankruptcy and then ended up divorcing and was just kind of left with, with nothing. <laughs> and it was like, right blank slate. This is exciting. And at the same time, terrifying because I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I'm now in my mid twenties and feel like I've already peaked. How do I, like, I can't top that. Like, I think I've just blown my chance at living a really good life. It sounds dramatic, but that was, that was the inner dialogue at the time. So yeah, that was the quarter life crisis. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, we, you, it's easy to probably, laugh about it now but like you said like that was undeniably terrifying and you have the moment of being like oh shit like it's I've blown it <laughs> it's done so then once you were in that sort of place what was the thought process for figuring out what's going to come next was this something where you kind of already and automatically were like brainstorming things or had an idea or did you also have a part of the process where you were kind of feeling clueless or stuck or being like, I don't actually know. And then I'm sure that's also panic inducing. It's just kind of like all the things all at once, all blowing up in your face. Mm -hmm. I think there was a mixture of both. Like there's like your brain sort of splits because there is the, the survival aspect that goes, we need money. We need to just figure out how we are going to get through this. And I am someone who's always been very resourceful and practical. And so I've never been afraid to like, just get my hands dirty and I'll take whatever job. I'll just, you know, I don't have that ego thing that says like, Oh, that's like, that's too good for me. Like I've worked in theater. Like I don't do that job now. I was like, Nope, like I'll do it, whatever. Um, but at the same time, there was this little niggling thing of like, can I get my spark back? Like, can I not just get through this and survive, but is there some, like, is there any way of recovering or even more than recovering, finding a different kind of happiness and fulfillment that I realized I didn't have, but it was a very quiet little, I was not 
conscious, like as in I th one of the big things that got me into this situation in the first place was this lack of awareness and like self-awareness and a lack of intentionality. It was like, I just kind of latched onto an idea of what my dream was, latched onto this idea of who I thought my perfect partner was. And I'd see it and go, yep, yeah, that one, that one, like, let's go. <laughs> and I didn't really know myself well enough to know what I needed and, and what I wanted. And so in this really dark period, like I hadn't started doing that exploration yet, but obviously there's some part of us that's, that never fully goes away that is exploring. And it was like, I was working a day job I'd kind of I'd started working in real estate during the time um, that I'd come back to Australia and was doing some marketing things for them and was starting to sort of like twig that oh like I'm good at other things and I'd kind of always known that because before becoming a professional actor I'd always said oh if this doesn't work out I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna probably study business and or marketing like I would I think I've got something there but I kept squishing that down because a lot of actors would say, oh, if you've got a backup plan, if you're already thinking about other things, then you're not a real actor. Like you've got to just be all in. And so I was scared of my multi-passionateness. Mm. I was like, right, well, I'll just stay focused on this thing because that's going to give me the best chance of success. And, and look, there is something to be said for focus. It did get me what I wanted, at least temporarily. Uh, but I... I think, I, yeah, the thing that was missing was just not knowing what would make me happy. And so it was during this period of just like trying to cope, like almost like numbing and throwing myself into just like watching things that made me happy. I ended up watching um, the show Bombshell, the, you know, the, um, the Smash, sorry. Oh, no, it's yes. yeah, Smash. Smash. No, yes. With which Catherine is all McPhee. about like, mm -hmm. so all about putting on this Marilyn musical and and I'd actually been a Marilyn Monroe impersonator at Movie World before, at like one of the big theme um, theme parks in Australia before I got into the show. And I was watching that and then I just like felt something again where I was like, oh, okay, that's right. I do love this. Like I miss performing. So it's not the performing part that's the issue. It was this how I was having to do it, the way it was all set up. And something sparked and I started creating a show like I started putting together like my own sort of up-to-date impersonation show that could be done as like a cabaret or a a corporate sort of thing like at conferences and and that steamrolled like over the next couple of years that took on a life of its own and ended up producing a couple of ticketed shows and put on the producer hat the writer hat the director hat the performer hat and that was also what sparked my obsession with branding because I started having all this fun creating the the marketing materials for the show and was like oh my goodness like this is creative acting isn't the only way to be creative and so that was kind of happening in parallel to me also developing the skills through working in marketing and eventually getting a you know an ad a job in an ad agency meeting my now fiance who was also in that space. And that's when like sort of the dots started to connect, but just organically, again, there was no like, oh, I've got a vision for my future. It was like, I was too scared to have a vision again. Like I was a little bit scared of, of reattaching to a dream for it to be shattered. So it was more like, no, we'll just, let's just see how this goes one day at a time and not make a big deal about it. Like, <laughs> Let's not even, yeah, have any sort of expectations and see where it leads. And that eventually started leading to me also becoming more self-aware and starting to do a lot of that personal development work 
to do the healing and then figure out what got me to that point and then also where I wanted to go moving forward. But it certainly was not an overnight process. Like this happened, what, nine, uh, nine, nine and a half years ago. And I feel like it's only been in the last like three years where I've really felt so much more solid and got to that point of like fully feeling healed from everything that I'd gone through, but having a real sense of self now as well in, yeah, who am I? How do I want to show up in this world? What do I want to create and doing it unapologetically? Because there was still a lot of like apologizing for all my mistakes and being scared of making another one um, up until that point. I don't even know but what I, I love your original question. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that was no, so many rabbit totally holes. Totally dead. No, we love a good rabbit hole. So, but what I love so much about that is you kind of accidentally fell forward. And I think the failing forward is such an important thing that can sometimes feel like it has to be having your ish all together and having that vision and having that plan. And in the moment, especially, I think we've all kind of been there, done that where you're in the moment and you're like, I don't know where to, what to do. Like, you're not sitting there like, yeah, I got this. Let's create a plan for how to bring my, bring my life back to a state of what feels good. But you still Mm -hmm. were able to move forward even unintentionally and kind of like accidentally, but just by remaining open to that and open to the experiences and the learning and whatever would come next without expectation, like you said, where it did allow you to kind of have those right little nuggets cross your path where you were like, okay, I can do something with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was so often when we do have that very rigid idea of where we want to go, or at least where we think we're supposed to go. And it becomes this like non-negotiable dream slash goal. We shut down from any other version of what that could look like. And we shut ourselves off from all sorts of magic that could be happening in the present moment because we think well for us to get there this then this then this needs to happen and that's the only way this is going to work and if i make one misstep one mistake i'm not going to get there and it was such a gift having everything fall apart so badly to feel like i'd screwed up to the point where there was nothing left to screw up it meant that i actually had nothing to lose in that process moving forward because it was like well people are already kind of judging me for like I literally I had people I mean it was even before I'd sort of um reached this point but even with some of the decisions I was making earlier on to you know leave the first show before I'd landed a second job I had a mentor who was like you're making a huge mistake this is not what you're supposed to do like you're one of the lucky ones what if you're blowing your career up this early on and like oh my gosh it was just so much pressure everyone had an opinion but once I'd reached that point of like, well, it's all behind me now anyway. People's kind of stopped caring. Like they were like, well, well, they didn't even know. I mean, I kind of dropped off the radar and unfollowed most friends on Facebook because I did just need to retreat for a while. But yeah, there was this freedom in going, well, if I don't know where I'm aiming, doesn't that mean that each day I get to wake up and just kind of be curious and see what happens? And that led to me reconnecting with the stuff that actually brings me joy. And then also starting to uncover the gifts that I hadn't let myself uncover fully before because I thought it was going to somehow sabotage my performing career. And obviously like a failed relationship, you then get to look back and go, why didn't it work? What was my part to play in that? What was their part to play in that? What do I actually need moving forward? What do I actually need in a 
career with my health as well like what led me to get in this position where I'm like on life support <laughs> and so it just like you end up with all of these this list of things of okay cool like I know so much more about myself now and how to look after myself and now I need to just start taking a little bit of action and sure enough eventually it leads to something meaningful but yeah there was no one big moment of oh it all just fell into place it was like one spark after another and and still more mistakes as well like it's you don't just stop making mistakes once you've blown everything up you'll keep making mistakes but you just see them differently you see them as adjustments and learning experiences not something that's life or death yeah well I also love something you mentioned earlier too about actually taking that step back and allowing yourself to just like sit and watch a show and kind of, you didn't have that pressure. You weren't in that pressure, that, that self-imposed pressure cooker of like, okay, now I have to figure it all out immediately because everything is going down the toilet and we got to fix it. And we got to go, go, go. Like you gave yourself the grace and the space to actually stop and rest and reflect, which was literally where the magic ended up happening for you. I think it's so funny because it's like, we're just like creatures that overcomplicate things. It's like, we think too much and we hustle too much and we somehow still feel like we're never enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's just this horrible hamster wheel that we can end up on. So I know you feel, I know you kind of felt like you were figuring it all out as you went and stumbling along on the journey, but especially in retrospect and since building, you know, building lives, building brands. There's a lot of parallels here. I would love to hear your advice on like, what is the fix to that? What is the fix to stopping overcomplicating everything and allowing yourself to step back and not do too much, mm-hmm. but still feel like it's enough? Yeah. Look, it's a tough one. I, I literally just released a freebie the other day that's called Simply Magnetic, which is all about every single way that we overcomplicate everything because we just assume it needs to be complicated to work. We assume that things are meant to be really difficult. And that's been ingrained in us since the beginning. Like it's not it's not our faults because that is the messaging of like, you need to hustle. Life is meant to be tough. You are going to have to compromise. If you want to be an artist, you will be starving. Like there's all these messages. And so of course it's no wonder that we then sort of follow that path. But I think the number one thing, like there's definitely a couple of big ones. The number one would be, remember there is no single way to get anywhere. There are infinite paths that can get you to where you want to go. So anytime you find yourself attaching to like, I should do, should do this. And like, you know, this, this tensing up where we think, okay, now it needs to be really difficult. I'm just going to white knuckle my way through question. Like just make a habit of questioning yourself. Why does it feel difficult? Why do I feel like it needs to be this way? Is there another way that could feel lighter, easier, more joyful? And I think it's also because we get very attached to needing the entire plan we have as just a humanity this desperate need for certainty, (laughs) like this desperate need to have all the answers, to have the plan and to know we're gonna get there. And I hate to break it to everybody, but it's a lie. Anytime you feel certain, like the only thing that is certain really is death, Um, (laughs) as dark as that sounds. I mean, they say, what is it? The quote that it's like death and paying taxes, like the the two, like only. I think um, that was Ben Franklin, right? Ben Franklin, yeah. So wise man, wise man. Yeah. Anytime you feel like I I can't take the next step until I'm absolutely certain that it's going to be the right step. That is just a feat. Like that is your ego, like your fear mind sort of kicking in and trying to protect you. But there is no right 
next step. It's just about doing the best with what you've got. And that's where self-awareness is just everything. Things get easy when you know what you need. When you know what feels good to you, when you know what you actually want, when you know you're at your most effective versus when you really struggle to get things done, that is what should be the thing that guides you, like your compass as to how you tackle the next thing. And my rule is just find out what is the next step. Stop trying to have the entire plan because it's just, it's not possible. And even if you have the plan, that does not mean it's going to be the plan that gets you there because you'll start doing things and then realize, oh, hang on. And then you'll deviate slightly. And they talk about that with, you know, a, a rocket ship going to the moon. They have to make micro adjustments to navigation for the entire trip because if they they just set out on the original course, they would miss the moon. <laughs> so us thinking that this plan that we're setting now to create this dream life that we have for five, 10 years time, like it's kind of, it's laughable when we think about it that way. Um, but once you can kind of have a laugh about that and go, right, okay, that's just my brain trying to control everything and keep me safe. But really, what do I need to do next? Knowing that every next step usually introduces you to the, the following step because you'll have more clarity. You will have got some feedback on whatever it is you're doing. You might've met the person who's gonna get you to the next step. Like there's just magic in taking that one step. And that is actually all you need. And that's all I did. That's all I have done for the last nine and a half years to go from having blown everything up to actually going, oh my gosh, like my life like i've got a long way to go there are so many things that i want to achieve but i love my life i love the people in my life and i realized it was only months ago that i had this epiphany where i was like oh, i love myself oh my goodness mm. like i i don't think i've ever felt that in my entire life but getting to this point was just what is the next step for nine and a half years which is not sexy and like not what people want to hear. Like they want the, give me the framework that's going to get me there. But it's not quite like that. But honestly, I'm so glad someone said it because I've always felt that way and laughed and people are like, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? And like, I feel like you're in a special position when you've actually been through things that unexpectedly turned your life upside down that were not mm -hmm. your choice or in your control. And if you've been through it, you know exactly what we're talking about. Like, those moments where everything is ripped out from underneath you. Okay. Well, I think it's in those moments that you realize this whole concept of pre-planning your life out this far in advance mm -hmm. is just like you said, it's, it could be laughable. It's like a joke. Cause you're mm -hmm. like, well, first of all, um, anything can happen for better or worse sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you can't necessarily predict your plan for everything. So mm -hmm. I'm like, why waste time? Like, on the, when we've seen the, the bad side of it, so to speak, mm -hmm. or not even bad, we, we use it all for good. But like, mm -hmm. when you see the, the not so fun side of it, okay, you know that anything can happen and it can go wrong. But when you're looking at it from a more positive perspective too, I feel like when, like you said, when you're so rigidly white knuckling on to some idea of what you think will be best for you or what you think you want, it almost like eliminates the possibility for something even better to fall into oh place or for Absolutely. something even like, and there are things that you wouldn't be able to plan in advance because it might not even exist yet. Like when you and I were in college, exactly. I'm sure it's like what we ended up doing now was not something that you could like mm -hmm. sign up in a class for or major in or like anything like that. Like it eliminates that, that room for 
the unexpected and just Mm -hmm. being able to figure out your next step, still have vision with that. So you're still thinking somewhat strategically and still planning and being Mm -hmm. as smart as you can be with things, but Mm -hmm. you're allowing that you're allowing like space for some, some magic in there to happen too in your life where there could be something that you never even expected, let alone could have planned for can pop up, pop up there. I had an experience of it when I was living in Canada. So I did end up like sort of tackling the film and television thing again, just because I was like, I just need to see if I can do it. And I was like, okay, I did it. Great. Like, cool. I could, it's off my bucket list now. But while I was in Canada, I was auditioning, slogging away, you know, 20 hours a week, basically for free auditioning for television shows and movies and just feeling like I was working my way up from nothing while I was in the middle of doing that. And then I landed some gigs and couldn't believe how little I got paid. Like it was just, again, it was laughable. It's like, oh, this is it. I get this email one day from a producer in Montreal saying, hi, we're producing this upcoming show uh, where we are looking for a co-host. It's about people transforming their lives. And we were looking for a personal branding coach and we found your YouTube channel. And we were wondering if you're interested in talking to us about potentially being a co-host. And I was like, hang on, like, but none of my plan involved this. Like I wasn't planning for this. The work, the steps I was taking weren't to do this. It was to like land this thing over here that turned out to be kind of crappy and I could not have known. And so we need to also like remove this idea that we actually know what's best for us because <laughs> yes. we have very limited minds. We, cause we can only see what's been possible. And it's based on like also what we think is possible for us and our, with our own limiting beliefs. And yeah, maybe, maybe there's actually way better. And it's just about, again, the compass being, how do I want to feel like with what I'm doing and let that guide you to the thing that's going to give you the most of that feeling as opposed to making it attached to something physical and finite. Okay. I know this was something that we chatted about really briefly before hitting record too, but I would love your thoughts on kind of just keeping yourself in this place of being open and being curious and really like making yourself magnetic, so to speak, whether it's yourself Mm -hmm. in your life in general, or as a brand creating a business, um, but really kind of keeping yourself in this position where you are curious and open and able to see the potential around you as it's happening, where you're able to kind of pick up breadcrumbs and be like, oh, this is super cool. I can use it for X, Y, Z, or just kind of what that, what that state of being kind of feels like and looks like where you're like, all right, that's the goal to get there, to, to mm-hmm. be in this place. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, I think one of the funny things about magnetism is that we think it's almost like a destination. Like there are these things I'm going to have to do to improve myself to then get there and be that person. When the biggest thing is like, it's peeling back the layers that have just been kind of muting your your magnetism. Because like, like I was saying, like the stories that we've been told, the stories we're telling ourselves, all of the sort of failure, you know, supposed failures that we've had, we we start just like carrying more and more of that. And it's like, it's a really heavy burden. (laughs) And I think what can happen in the process is again, because we assume that things are meant to be difficult and because we are so hard on ourselves, we think that the way we're going to get out of here is almost by punishing ourselves and just like working ourselves to the bone, to the point that we're out of this space. And it's the complete opposite. (laughs) Like the very first step 
in sort of these layers, like, because it, it, just like you've got to kind of peel back the layers, like I feel like reactivating all of these things is also a process, hence me spending the last nine and a, I don't think it needs to take nine and a half years. I was a slow learner because I, I didn't have any guidance <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but the first step is self-compassion. The first step is just giving yourself a damn break and stop being so mean to yourself because if you have no self-compassion, then you are going to constantly be choosing to do the things that make you feel worse, the things that feel really difficult, not letting yourself ever ask, oh, what do I actually want to do today? Like you might wake up feeling terrible and what you really need is just to curl up under a blanket with a book and that would just make you feel so good. But instead you're like, no, I have to go for a run or, you know, I have to go do all of these errands or whatever the thing is that you're going to be doing. Or, you know, I can't tell my clients that I need a day off because they're going to hate me. So I'm just going to suffer through when the thing that is going to create the most magnetism is just figuring out what do I actually need today? Like, and for me, what really helped is having this idea of like, you know, my little, little cat, like little cat at three years old, this fragile, innocent little thing who did not ask to be brought into the world when I'm tempted. And I have like a little picture of her, like sitting on my desk when I'm tempted to do that self punishment thing and just push through the pain. Cause I have to, I can't stop. I can't stop. Cause the, t- the clock's ticking. I just look at that picture and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I wouldn't want that for you. You poor little thing. Like, and I just want to give you a hug and like, okay, what does the little cat need right now? I'm like, oh, she needs a nap <laughs> and I'll just, I'll go have a nap or I'll put on some music or, or just like put on a candle or just like, just pause for a moment. And just that habit, cause it's, it's, it's really obviously going to be about things just snowballing, like habit stacking for, you know, building a healthy habit of, with exercise. It's like, it's no different to it. Like the inner work that you need to do. It's like, okay, if I can start catching myself more often, and doing something positive instead of negative to myself, then that is already gonna change the course of where I'm heading in life. It's already gonna change the direction that I'm actually going in. And then the next step is, okay, in that pause, what do I want to feel all the time? And start to realize that those feelings usually that we want can be found in your everyday life without doing anything different, like without having to quit the job, without having to buy fancy things. Like usually that feeling that we're craving of that idea of success is something we have available to us a lot more than we realize, but we don't let ourselves have it because we think we won't get it until we're there. And like, absolutely. A lot of those things like having, having a job or you know a family or a purpose that really fulfills you having financial security all those things are important and things to be working towards but if you know that okay when i have all of those things i believe it's going to make me feel this this and this how can i recreate those feelings today and the more often that you can do that if you just be amazed at how much else falls into place <laughs> because while you're in that good space you then are more open to having conversations where you're fully present, you know, ha- and, you know, stopping to smell the roses and you just never know where that could lead. Um, and like, cause we were talking about that before, it's just like this rushing and this pushing because we are so sure that it's, we have to get there. We forget that probably there's all this stuff around us right now that could help us get there if we were present enough to notice it. And so those are the kind of, that's where I'd say is where to start. It's obviously 
do more steps. But if you can nail that, you're doing better than probably like 95% of the population because we're just not taught that, unfortunately. I, I had no idea that that was what I was supposed to do. And my my mum didn't and her mum didn't. And, you know, it's this generational thing that we're having to change. So it is a big deal and it's not easy, but it For does, sure. like eventually it becomes natural, which is yeah. feeling. <laughs> I had that conversation with a girlfriend once because I was so hung up on, I was like going through a period of change for myself, my own business direction, all that jazz. And I was so hung up on the idea of like, but what does God intend for my life? Like, what is like my ultimate purpose? And like, what happens if I miss it? And she just looked me square in the face and she was like, Erica, it's it's impossible to miss it. Like, you're not going to die and go up to the pearly gates. And have God look down on you and be like, dude, you had this whole thing when you were like 24 and you missed it. So sorry, hate to break it to you. There went your life, like wrong direction mm-hmm. since then. Like, that's just not how it works. And we get so hung up on this idea of like, this is the one thing that I am meant to do. And like, this is my mm-hmm. one path and this is my one purpose. And you're right. Like we box ourselves in and become so limited by it unintentionally and accidentally that we end up missing out on good that is for us. And I also think good that we can give to other people because there are, like you said, like we're multi-passionate. We have multiple things that we are good at. We have multiple ways that we can serve people. And if we're not Mm -hmm. stopping and resting and pausing to be curious and to allow there to be other aspects of the picture (laughs) besides what we thought was like the way, then then we kind of just fall out of the way and then we're then we are lost (laughs) yeah so and it's that is also connected to us thinking that our purpose is connected to a specific vocation like a thing that we do as opposed to who we're being like you can live the most impactful incredible life as someone who like packs groceries at the supermarket and and do more good than someone who is like the the ceo of a company and that helped like i needed like my wake-up call was because i thought i was supposed to be an actor and that was my thing and when i wasn't able to say like you know the oh so what do you do like i used to feel so good saying oh well you know (laughs) i'm an actor like i'm in this show like because because I had nothing else. I didn't know what else to say. I needed that identity to give me any sort of perceived value. And so when I lost that, that was the most terrifying thing, like the identity piece of who am I if I'm not an actor? And I was so terrified that without that, I would have no identity. And now in all of the sort of iterations, even seeing my business, it's evolved so many times, which used to scare me. And and now I fully embrace it because, you know, we, we just, we are growing as people constantly, but it's shown me that my purpose is just about staying true to me and my my common thread has always remained the same like i've always wanted to make an impact on on other people and i you know finally realized it after getting out of acting i was i looked back and was like oh the reason i wanted to become an actor is i thought as a kid i believed that was my best chance of having a platform where i could do good because i saw that actors get paid like they have big followings and people pay attention to them. So if you want to make change in the world, like that's the way to do it. And so that was, I just was like, cool. But now I see that, especially with that example of getting an email and finding out that somehow some producer stumbled across a YouTube video, like I am just as capable of making change with what I'm doing now and every single person is. And if we, yeah, if we can connect to like, okay, my purpose is who I'm being, 
not the job I'm doing, then, oh my goodness, also the pressure takes, like that just lifts the pressure of having to get it right because you can be yourself. Like that's not that difficult. (laughs) In theory, it's not that difficult compared to trying to strive for one very specific career path that might feel impossible. For sure. Oh gosh, Kat, I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours on this. (laughs) But getting things uh, wrapped up, I want Mm -hmm. to ask you what we ask all guests on the show, which is what does thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Oh, such a good question. I think thriving is about waking up each day and feeling like you have the opportunity to spend it how you want and feel energized by what you're doing and who is around you and uh, how you get to express yourself. And I mean, I, I just wake up every day and honestly, I don't have one particular agenda. It's just what is the most that I can do today with the energy that I've got, with the, the ideas that are coming. And the biggest thing that I'm still like, as much as I said, oh, I have that habit of like clicking in and going, oh, what does little cat need? I still like, it's still a process of looking after myself first. How do I nurture myself first? Because I know if I do that, everything else will keep working. But as soon as I neglect myself for supposedly the greater cause, I'm actually sort of just cutting off my my supply. Um, so yeah, so that's my approach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more and all that good stuff. Sure. So my main social platform is Instagram. So it's I am Cat Elizabeth with Cat with a K and uh, Magnetic Brand Code dot sorry, magneticbrand.co is, uh, is my website. And that has links to all the other things like my, my YouTube channel and my podcast, which is called Becoming Magnetic. Um, so. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to and come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.